Well, it's a sad day in the Northwoods, Dan. Yep. Melancholy is how I've been describing my feelings. Where you're like... You're trying not to be sad that it's over. You're trying to be happy that it happened. That's a pretty optimistic way to look at life. Mm-hmm. But how often does it really happen like that? Oh, I, you can tell yourself whatever you want, but... <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day... <laughs> pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the good news is you just look forward to what's next. Yeah. Like, And at least it ended... Like this, like you just hit a wall, right? We're not making a decision. The decision's been made for us. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on that. You uh, Pulling docks, like that's what we were doing today. We just pulled my parents' port a dock out. Uh, that was not very, that wasn't that tough at all. No, it was super easy. Well-designed piece of equipment done. I don't there. know how people do anything but that. Um, that type of stuff, when, when you're pulling it out and we pulled homegrown stuff last weekend... I agree that it's better to do it when uh, conditions are sort of telling you it's time to go. But living up here with a boat in a garage and on a trailer, it's it is nice to have like one of the two, one or two of those. Like, looks like we could probably sneak out and have a real nice right. end of October day, and that's not gonna happen. Doesn't appear so. At least with the ten day. <laughs> uh, this is Walleye Talk, by the way. I'm Dan. I'm Will. We are at the end of our 2020 fishing season and podcast season. Um, We're really only going to talk about one thing today. We're going to do a really in-depth breakdown of our 2020 season. Yep. Kind of doing it by months. Yeah. First month, second month. Starting an opener and working our way towards where we're sitting right now. Talk a little bit about what we did through the time, maybe some lessons learned. Um, that's Maybe all we a couple stories yeah highlights we don't, we don't have a lot on the a lot of detail written into the plan so um well, well we should probably hear from portadoc since we just took that out we should it basically took its cell phone really <laughs> having fun in the sun on the The 2020 season kind of started out a little, almost a little frightening, you know? Yeah. With all the unknowns out there, you know, we we started out, we couldn't work. Right. For a full week. Mm-hmm. Nine days of the season yeah. we lost at the beginning. Um. Which, you know, can, especially with the amount of not just time, but money invested into the business, mm-hmm. it's pretty frightening. For sure. Um, and it couldn't have turned out any better from there. I would agree. We've, we've fallen on a real fortunate side of things uh, through the whole tourism community, I would say, minus maybe the, the restaurants, you know, that are obviously have, have had a hard season, but... The resort owners I've talked to, businesses in town, um, and fishing guides specifically, have we land, landed on a fortunate side of. of I think the deal. big reason why the like the guide business has been growing, is 
largely due to Canada being shut down. Yeah. I mean, and I guess you could attribute an okay chunk of it for sure. Right. Uh, I, I know I've had a number of trips that were because they, they came here instead of went to Canada. Yeah. Yep. We're jumping ahead a little bit, but that was problematic. Not problematic, but folks are used to going to Canada during the warmest months of the entire year, you know, July and August and catching 70 to 100 walleyes in a day, and then, you know, well, let's go catch a 40-inch pike, I guess. Yeah. And, and those, so those windows of times, July and August were, were was when I saw my most Canadian customers. Absolutely. Can't do it. Just can't, right. can't compare. Right. And especially that time of year. Overall, I, I think people had a good time. They recognized there's a lot of conveniences attached to sticking to the United States of America. And, uh, yeah, you I, don't have to pay in maple leaves. <laughs> right. Here you pay in bald eagles. Yeah, right. Your tackle's not covered in maple syrup. Right. Um, Collars so. aren't so sticky. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we did fall on uh, the fortunate side of things. The spring, though, set up real nicely from a, from a walleye angler's perspective, I would say. We, at least going into it, we were real optimistic that our spring was going to be great. Um, I know we had a day not unlike today for opener. It was snowing on opener around yep. Longville. Um, pretty cool temps that weekend, but the water had been open for quite a while. For three weeks or so. Yep. And then... Uh, Two weeks, anyway. Yep. And then it warmed up real nice. The weather got real comfortable really quickly right. in, in May. Um, notable things for me on... The two lakes I fish a lot in the spring is Woman Lake fish were um, in just like pretty standard walleye, walleye depths, deeper than I kind of wanted them, 17 to 20 feet of water. They were post-spawny? Post-spawny, and they were often suspended quite a bit. They were off the bottom, you know, two, three feet. Did you ever confuse them, like think, oh, these could be these could be suckers? Yeah, a lot, a lot of times. I was like, dang it, I found... Actually, I remember... Clearly, a school of fish in twenty six feet of water, on like the you know May fifteenth, that um, were walleyes, and I didn't think they were until like, I caught one. Hmm. So, um, and then leech, they were biting a Lindy rig and a leech immediately. Right. Well, at least on the annex they were. Right. But you can't you can't bulk that into the rest of the lake. Yeah. I would agree, but it did, I mean, we've talked frequently about how our jig and minnow bite didn't, either didn't last very long, or wasn't always the, the cure-all for our spring days, and uh, a leech often was. That's super true. On, on that lake. I personally had one of the worst springs I've ever had, uh, on leech specifically. I did well on a different lake, um, which kind of made, made my spring. Um, but I didn't go there a ton, but I, the biggest reason I believe that I struggled this spring was because the main axis I use was closed. Sure. Yeah. So you like my home your... waters that I have always fished, like specifically that time of year, like sp- that's where you are at the beginning of the season. It's like the only place I want to be mm-hmm. was shut down. Yep. Now, and then once they opened that up, I had some really good days up there. I actually drove the 15 miles to get there by boat one morning um, and had a really nice morning up there. 
Um, and I, I did something that I have, I, I had made a point to myself that I want to get better at plastics. And I spent the whole first two weeks without using a minnow really. Um, and it was, I believe it's very beneficial, but we'll find out. So where I believe it's going to come in handy is when we go fish big stone. Sure. I think if there's ever a test to say, hey, are you any good at this? Is it going to be worth something? Let's put it in a tournament setting where it can sure. be applicable. And I believe Big Stone is that place to test it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Because um, I'm trying to think if I've ever fished a plastic in a tournament setting. I've fished them pre-fishing in a tournament setting, but never on the day. And that you're right. That is like the the best gauge. If you're very if you're confident enough to throw that one, big money is on the line. Right. Not just a handful of cash. Big money's on the line. You know you're you know you're getting good at it. Yeah. Yep. It'll be interesting to see your progression and hopefully my progression with that too, because it'll start off being like, okay, this is for well, I think we're at the point where like this is for sure a useful tool, um, but definitely room to get better. Mm-hmm. And then, likely, or hopefully, this was a really successful tool in a tournament setting when it, things matter a lot and you're not going to, like, experiment. You're going to be, like, on Certain. the day of the tournament, you're trying to to do your best. You know, you're not going to try anything but, but your best. Right. And then we'll have a whole other step where it's trying to teach people how to fish plastics in a variety of different ways right. uh, when we're guiding. And that, that'll probably be the biggest challenge but you can't really do it until we get there personally right um and then you think you you have to be as confident putting this plastic in somebody's hand as you are putting a linear rig in a nightcrawler i just can't even imagine it because it'll be i mean not not only confidence in the bait but confidence in our our ability to like share information um so that people can do it it'll be hard that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> You've been so serious. <laughs> um, it yeah. Is, oh, so may little bit of a little bit of a difficult month, but largely good news. Largely good news. We were able to start working. Yeah. Um, minnows became available. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, overall it was okay. Yeah. I thought it was, I, yeah, I had, I had an okay spring. Um, got to do some fishing on my own in my new boat, um, in the spring, which was maybe a blessing, you know, to get to spend a lot of days in it, not, or not a lot, but nine days in it, not guiding, um, was, was important or nice. And then, uh, yeah, I'd say uh, we, well, like at the end of this timeline, we lost the Leech Lake Classic. We didn't get to fish the Leech Lake Classic. And in hindsight, I was on a bunch of big ones, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, that didn't even occur to me at the time, but then I was like thinking back on that time time slot, and I had a, a couple spots that had some real big fish all of the time. <laughs> and the keepers this spring yeah. were freakish. Yeah. And I I remember I took, um, I had either, it was either Anthony 
or I had Andy. So I either had the Berets. Yeah, I either had that group or I had my brother, not Andy, and his dad. And we came in and we had just, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a spectacular day, but we had like eight keepers and they're all like eighteen and three quarter to nineteen and a half. Mm-hmm. It was like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> and it was right around that time frame. Yeah. <laughs> also, though, I'll say maybe, and maybe they didn't show up that much during the first month. But the East Side had lots of 14 inchers this year, um, especially when we started fishing offshore stuff. Um, there were a lot of 14, 15 inch fish, which I was happy to see. But we also saw signs of those fish last spring, late last spring. And it, or not last spring, it would have been like the middle to end of June. We had lots of 14, 15 inch fish. Really? In 2019? In 2019. Hmm. I'm trying to think of. Was it, like, as far e Yeah, all right. Yep. Um, yeah, I just think it's good to see... Because I don't remember from the beginning of my career seeing very many 14-inchers. And now we've got some smaller fish over there. Yeah. It's a good sign for the future. Mm-hmm. And they... So, and they've quit stocking leech, so these are all natural walleyes. Yep. Which is a great sign that there's, you know, a good influx of natural small walleyes coming into the system. Yeah. I spoke with um, one of the DNR fisheries guys just recently, and he, from their creel survey, they found out that half of the fish over 20 inches that get caught are getting whacked. Half of them? Half of them. Period. Period. He He didn't give me a size breakdown. So, like, that would be interesting because our half of the fish over 20 inches getting caught, like, between 20 and 22 because that's, like, the guideline I'm going by. Right. Um, or are they 25 inches? Right. Well, that's a good stake on that one, huh? <laughs> Jeez, we'll feed the whole family on this one. We're going for poundage. <laughs> we'll have to cut this flay in half. <laughs> yeah. So I do think the lake's in in good shape, but it'll be interesting to to see it change because I it'll certainly change things. Right, having those bigger fish getting right, you're up. completely flipping the ecosystem. You're just those fish just vanish. Those yeah. big fish just go away. Yep, and we've mentioned it before, but like I think some of the community spots that hold lots and lots of fish during real good fishing times, you know, Memorial Day weekend, um, middle end of September, um, lots of big fish. Those are, those were like renewable spots because those fish would bite and then they'd bite again because we were letting them go. And now half of them apparently are going in a live well. Hmm. So. Interesting though. Yeah. Um, transitioning out of that let's put ourselves at the middle of june now going from the middle of june to the middle of july how did that chunk of your season look and what were you doing it was super that was probably with the exception of the fall was the best as far as far as what my expectations were at to where my success rate was at i was super happy like fishing was 
was really good. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just Leech. Um, you could name five lakes around here that we caught fish on. Yeah. And we caught good numbers of fish, you yeah. know. Um, there was lots of, you know, for that time of year, there was lots of, with excluding, there was lots of 12 plus fish days Mm -hmm. and good healthy sizes. And I started, I was really fishing quite a few of the little lakes at that time. I mean, I'd go, I'd go, I'd go probably half and half leech to little lakes. Yeah. And the little lakes just impressed the heck out of me. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the time of year where you're, sometimes you're on leech wanting to be on the smaller ones right and it's and leech is still producing so like you you know it's the right decision to be up there but you're also like god i'm real curious about what's going on on lake x yep uh, and uh depending on your guide schedule you sometimes you don't get to get the lake x and that almost kind of drives you nuts yeah you're yep. like oh who, who do i know who could have been there doing something i would want to do right yeah. so you're trying to hunt them down yeah but it's, it, yeah, it was uh, largely leeches until, you know, it, so it was very, these little lakes are real interesting because some of those situations you wouldn't even touch a leech, where if you're lindy rigging on a, on a hump, you would certainly be using a leech. Mm-hmm. But if you're, um, I, I, I don't know how, I, I'm not, like even in a situation where you're not going to catch them out of minnow, on Leech Lake or on Woman Lake, you're going to throw a minnow on them. Like, you had a particular day where you guys caught a bunch of walleyes on a little lake. Yep. You guys caught, like, 60 walleyes in a day. Two half days. That's yeah. what you're talking on, about. Yep. On minnows. Yeah. Yep. And I caught a... I think I caught half and half on minnows in Nightcrawlers that day. But if I was anywhere else, there's no way I'd be pitching minnows. Yeah. Yep. It was hot. It was windy. I'd be, you know, pulling a nightcrawler or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Weed edge fish. Yeah. I mean, that. that's the, the that's what simple way to. to boil it down. Those were not even weed edge fish. Those are weed fish. I, and the, yeah, we'll have to, that'll be a good topic for next spring when we've got all sorts of time. But there's definitely a difference between, like, the sand to weed edge fish that are laying in the sand adjacent to the weeds and then what we often do on some of these smaller lakes, we're like, we're just kind of fishing the we- in the weeds. Yep. We're in them. You're kind of slopping them. Yeah. Yep. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, that time slot was great. Uh, the mayflies held off. They held off pretty good. Right. Um, usually, I think, like June 17th, 18th is a typical, like, peak or, like, right right near the start or like into the mayflies on leech lake and i think it was a little bit later this year and they kind of tapered in and then we got just kind of whomped on by them uh like a four-day stretch where they just never stopped yeah yeah and then i think yeah so the they bit pretty good on leech through the that first chunk of the mayfly hatch and I remember the day that, like, I felt like the mayflies really got me. Like, they made the day not so good. It had less to do with their presence as a food source and more to do with the fact that I couldn't get anything through the surface of the water without having them, having it get followed by mayflies. We had huge rafts of just, you couldn't drop anything 
through the the raft without a, your bait getting dirty. And then I was obviously doing a bobber thing quite a bit, and like you get all sorts of nasty stuff on your line. Your mm -hmm. bobber doesn't sit right because there's so much mayflies built up on the line. Um, so I had one one real tough day, specifically I think because of the mayflies, and it wasn't necessarily that the fish weren't biting. It was I had a hard time getting a presentation to the fish. Um, yeah, in that time period, I was on leech. I was rigging still some um jig wrapping number five specifically that's a very strange bite it is and it i fish a five like i'll throw a five on the rest of the year every once in a while and they don't work i right. don't catch anything on them um i don't even catch them on woman during the same time period so it it for, for me it seems like a very very niche leech like deal but man, they chomp them, and you can't even see them. Pretty, that first night when we tried to musky fish, mm -hmm. which that will work someday. Oh yeah, that was a great idea that didn't work at all. Yeah, right. But that's still it will work. Yeah, we just hit it too early, probably. But that first night when you were, when we were like, we should we just gotta try. Gotta you gotta try. There's there's got there's walleyes here. You you said oh there was a bunch of walleyes here. Mm -hmm. And you're like, we drove by it and we were getting pretty close to the rocks. I was like, oh, we're starting the rocks. You're like, no, those are all walleyes. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and you had a five and I had a seven, both glow yellow perch. Mm -hmm. I think I had like two hits. Yep. And you caught six of them. Yeah. And you were just probably banging into them. Yeah. You didn't like those two extra centimeters. Right. Weird. Crazy. Probably related to the forage, but... Could have been related to the mood. Yeah, we talked about like their fall, the fall rate. rate's probably a little different. You really, they're nice to fish too. The fives are super nice. You just like are wrist flicking. You know, you don't have to whip them that bad. And uh, just like, whoa. <laughs> like a little Ric Flair. Like, like junior Ric Flair. See, this is perfect. Like that's that's how we'll describe it when we're trying to teach customers how to fish them. You guys, remember Ric Flair, the Nature Boy? Imagine his grandchild. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, should we take a break? Let's take a break. But it's not all fun and games, Dan. There's, I, why there's, not? There's some difficult times in that period. That would be like your first real transition to tough times. Yeah. Yep. And I'm trying to think of like one particular memory. And it, I think that's maybe a sign that we're getting better, that we don't get like one real bad one. We get like, a, like the curve just sort of falls off mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, cause yeah, like the, right around the end of June, I typically am not fishing Leech Lake anymore. Right. I can't remember if I took a, if we I. We took one in the beginning of June. You and I beginning had. Beginning of July, you mean? Or beginning, uh, pardon me, yeah. Because I came out of Sugar Point Resort and you came out of Pikedale like 30 minutes later in a freaking rainstorm. Oh yeah. And we both had a pretty, for being in July, like July seventh or tenth or something. Yep. We had a pretty good day. Yeah, that's all right. 
that that would have that was the day that was the day that I thought like I should not be out here, and you were out there early. Yep. Um, <laughs> I was sitting in Pikedale for like an hour while you were out there. It was raining. <laughs> I had some really like pretty tough guys with me, you sure. know. Like they were super pumped to be out there. Didn't care it was raining. I was like, you know, I'm okay with being out. You know, it, it it's a different story. If we're out there and you're just going to complain about it, yeah. well, there's no point of us being here. Yeah. But they embraced it. They were happy about it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's not 90 degrees. <laughs> they're from, you know, Indi- or Illinois or something like that. And they were just jacked to be there. Yeah. And we caught walleyes. Yeah. That, that's an, uh, something to keep in mind, you know, like, I know that I'm lucky enough that I get to do it. 150 plus days a year like be be out there so when the weather's real crummy like it does flash through my head maybe today is not a day you need to be out there but for a lot of folks that we're fishing with we have all right even like a a nice vacation we've got seven days in northern minnesota i don't want to sit one out because it's raining right I, I envy those people who come up here for a four or five day trip because mm-hmm. they fish through absolutely everything yep. until their body can't take it anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, so when we go on a fishing trip, like let's say when we went up to Rainy River, we fished hard. You know, we had a good time, but we fished hard. Yeah. And we made sure we were out there regardless of what it was looking like. Right. Yeah. And I wish I had more of that mentality here. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do when it's in your backyard, though. It's hard to do when you're home. Yeah. And that's why there's so many folks that have a real nice fishing boat sitting at the end of their dock that doesn't get off the lift very often. Right. Um, but that day in particular um, was one that I felt like we we both kind of um, like battled... We, like, fought against a rough one there. It was freaking rough. <laughs> <laughs> I remember on, I was on Battle Point pulling spinners. I was just drifting because I was drifting at, like, 1.4 to 1.6. Mm-hmm. And I was getting, I like, I was getting splashed from the side gunnels just on a regular drift. <laughs> that, but that, that tapered at the end of that morning. It got nice outside. Well, I left before that okay. happened. I started early, remember? Sure, yeah. But I remember I caught fish in like eight feet of water on Battle Point on July 7th. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like a super fluky thing. Sure. But hopefully that fluke will happen again. Yeah. I remember I caught my first few uh, in like six feet of water in the weeds um, doing something kind of new. Got to give a shout out to Carl Swanson. Carl found that. Bite. Carl Carl helped with that one quite a bit. And he caught was... forty seven fish there. <laughs> he caught forty seven. That was that was the exact same I spot. Know. Uh, but I, there's something to that. I I was intrigued and I felt like I was at the tail end of it. Um, but it made me think like that could be a, that could fill a role for that time of year. And then we caught a a fair amount, maybe five or six. Um, on the humps with the slip bobber for the most part. And that was the end of the slip bobber bite. For and you could kind of tell. Yeah. Yep, but it was, uh, like, they weren't they weren't biting a rig. They weren't biting a jig wrap. They were still biting a slip bobber. 
So that was the end of the the good old days of the the first six weeks of the season. And then we're into the midsummer. We're into stuff. the more more of the family trips. Family trips, smaller lakes, more often, and uh, getting bites. Now I didn't get a, a good opportunity to fish that during this period, like the July fifteenth to August fifteenth, because mm-hmm. we had our first kid. We had a baby. We had a baby, uh, so it was a good month for me for sure. I did. I was able to sneak out before that. I think I had a trip like two days before Natalie was born. I had a bunch of trips. I think I stacked like seven of them in a row. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah. I, I if I remember correctly, it was a lot of. It was almost all panfish. I might have had a musky trip, but it was largely panfish. Um, and you know how the panfish thing goes. Probably don't need to talk about crappies anymore. Oh, now, now Carl's going to feel like he won. Well, I mean, it we're still, saying that. It was still super worth it, but you all know how to catch crappies now. Hopefully, if you you've can been listening. Listen to all of our episodes. Look at anything between July 4th and August 30th. Yep. Just, yeah, just follow along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I. I I tried to fight off the, and I feel like you I did, did an okay job. You did fighting it off. Um, even on the smaller lakes, I was trying. You had to a be good a, woman lake thing going. Yep, that one. I think I can build off that quite a bit. I was, and it was often with people who I'd fished crappies with in the past, like done my normal midsummer thing, and they're like, they like I had to convince them to give me some time to fish walleyes because. In years past, I had had to convince them to that it wasn't, it wasn't worth fishing walleyes. It was, we should be fishing for something else. And then they, like, loved it and signed up again. Um, but, like, I could get an hour and a half, two hours where we'd, we'd get four or five fish um, pulling spinners. And that was on, on, not on all the lakes. Like, some of the smaller lakes, one in particular, was always a walleye lake to me. It's still just always right. a walleye lake to me. Right, we we don't have a a panfish pattern yep. out there. Yep, which is a a big gap in our program, especially as sort of a the Longville area guides. Um, we should we should have that, and we don't. Right, and part of it's because like the walleyes bite pretty good, so we spend a fair amount of time. They bit all effing summer. Yeah. Yep. The whole very, thing. They very bit. very fortunate to have that one doing what it was doing this year. Um, but yeah, I I like I was pretty, and then I I was getting behind that program like, and it takes a lot of prep work in the in the in between trips, you know, like you got to be prepped to pull spinners for a couple hours, maybe rig, and then you have to be prepped to do a, a, an off species bite as well, whatever they might be interested in. It, so a it lot takes of, a lot of rods. It takes a lot of rods. It takes a fair amount, even if you're like you have everything ready to go switching them out stowing your rods all that stuff where because you can't i just that's like the one thing i don't i really really despise about spinners is is how like clunky the gear is mm-hmm. and it doesn't like s- sit well in a corner like that stuff needs to be out to use in my opinion now you pull it out to use it you put it back you pull it apart and put it back when you're done with it i know that's not where you're at but I just cut it and leave it. <laughs> I can tie a couple knots. <laughs> I'm not afraid. 
Yeah, I like to get them. When I'm done with them, I don't want to be looking at them anymore. I, if I'm not using a bottom bouncer, I don't want to be looking at a bottom bouncer. <laughs> Is it, you have a, a, a fear that it's going to fall off and the stabby part will, will poke you pretty, in, a, in a pretty bad place? It reminds me of a hypodermic needle. <laughs> You'll poke your eye out with that thing, son. <laughs> but that was, I was, yeah, that was good. Um, that holds true for quite a while. Until uh, such, the middle, such a long pattern. There was zero walleyes there. That lake was void of. They migrated out of there. Oh yeah. The entire lake in the. You're talking about a smaller one. Yeah, in the middle of September. <laughs> yeah. There was not a walleye to be found. Um. And that was like a, you were a victim of of circumstance. Uh. I told him to go there. Did you? Yeah, I was like, dude, this is my favorite lake. It's been great all summer. And then nothing happened. Yeah. I had no idea. But we haven't gotten to that point. So we'll, we'll back it back up. Okay. Um, I don't know what else to say about that mid-July time. It's just, it's just fine. It, it, we throw, did. We definitely go see swimming, that's a good time from go the swimming. beginning, from the beginning of that time frame to the end of that time frame, we see a, a quite uh, improvement for walleye fishing. Are we going July fifteenth to August fifteenth? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a sure. good jump from from the July fifteenth to August fifteenth in your success. Absolutely. And yep. it seems like in my in my boat, uh, leeches are all but faded out, and it's almost exclusively night crawlers and big minnows. Yeah, I would agree. I'm going to have a thing of leeches with, but... Yeah, and I wonder how much of it... The leeches just deteriorate so quickly. Their quality is way down that time of year. It's hard to keep them looking good. Even when they're alive, you pick them up, and you're like, God, is this one... I hate good leeches. (laughs) So you start deteriorating leeches, and I hate them even more. Yeah. I do like... I much prefer to pull a leech on a spinner than a crawler on a spinner. Because of the perches? The perches. Um, only one hook. I think... I like all the hooks, though. I'm thinking about making a six-hook rig. <laughs> I'll put three See, night crawlers what, on it. What bump... Or why I say that is I think you there, you should be taking some time to make sure your hooks are hooked correctly if you've got a harness. You can't just willy-nilly those things in there. As far as... If you've got a two or three hook harness, you ha- I think you have to be very thoughtful about where those are going in the crawler if you're really caring about what the presentation oh, looks like. absolutely. You, you have to stretch your crawler, yeah. and then you have to stretch your harness, Yep. and it's important to start from, so you put the nose one in, yep. and then you go all the way down to the bottom. So mm. people like to follow the chain, like go to the second hook, mm. you got to jump to the third hook. You're the only dude I know who runs a three hook. Really? Yeah. What's the disadvantage? I, I don't know. Although, I don't know either because I lost a ton of fish on spinners this year. <laughs> and I asked everybody, so maybe that is my biggest problem is I was using three hooks instead well, of two. That, I mean, it doesn't make any logical sense thinking. You'd think the more hooks, the better. That right? was my logic. Which is why you're going to six next. Yes, bingo. Um, two inches apart. <laughs> Half inch apart. I don't know. I know a guy, and I tied some... Uh, it was a guy I early on in my career who sure sounded like he knew what he was doing, and he would tie his own spinners, and he would tie a harness 
with a single hook front hook, and then he'd tie a little treble as a tailor. That's what Jason said too. Jason Freed. Really? He said that that's a that's a good way to make sure that. But from my logic, a treble hook would come unpinned quicker than a single hook. Mm. I you know what I think is going to make the biggest difference is Lost Lake tackle. Those spinners, they're not coming off of those things. Get out of town. They're not coming off. They're going to have the whole thing. They're going to have the blade, all seven hooks, whatever you tie up, all of it's going to be. Purple Rain, are you joking me? Unbelievable. I'm so pumped up. I, I just, I, way after spinner season, after the MWC, I text the dude and I was like, I could not wish for it to be the middle of, the, of June more <laughs> just because of your spinners. All I want to do is pull spinners now. Those things were dirty. Yep. I'm going to have a bunch of them next year. Good idea. I think, yeah. And he's got all winter to tie them. I wish we had one more episode, because then we could tell everybody how to get Lost Lake Tackle items. I know how. Uh, he's got an Instagram, at Lost Lake Tackle, and he has a Facebook page. So what do you do? You just message this guy all willy-nilly? I mean, that would be, for sure, that'll work, you know. There's maybe a better way, but that'll work. Hmm. And then hopefully next year, maybe some of our local bait shops will have them. You know what? If you're going to order just a sampler, you have to make sure you've got Purple Rain. Yep. And and Copper, Copper, Tiger. Copper Tiger. Both of them. They're are. dirty. Yeah. I think there's a reason he sent us those two, you know. I, he's not just a one-trick pony, though. No. He's got at least two tricks. And if, <laughs> Oh, wait. He's got ripping Raps. Yeah, I was just going to say... He's got some really delicious looking crankbaits. Yeah. Just can't wait. This is all sincere, too. Like, the dude did us a favor by sending us a few free things, but it's not like he's paying our mortgage or anything. I'm just real fired up. <laughs> real excited. Yeah, if you're fired up enough to pull, uh, to come up with a way to pull a spinner in the middle of September. Right. To catch a walleye, you must be pretty pumped. And we caught him. When we caught him. <laughs> 40 feet of water. 40 foot. I like that. Brilliant. Yep. Such an, like, we were uncomfortably comfortable pulling spinners. Yeah. Like, this is, we are Eating far, a sandwich. Eating a sandwich. <laughs> I had my feet up for a little bit. Having good conversation. And, then, like, our rods were bending over every once in a while. We never lost one. They never came up. We didn't have a single fish come unpinned. We didn't. And I didn't pre-fish either. They bite those lost like they're holding on. You know, do we even need to put a night crawler on those Probably things? Probably not. Probably didn't even need hooks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, should we take one more break? One more. This is ridiculous, dog. Sunny. Well, by the time we get done with the with this part to August 15th we're at the end of the dog days yep like every day is starting off pretty like I'm starting off pretty optimistic right like right this things are gonna start getting better and uh it probably took towards the middle of August before that really did happen August was I mean if I remember right August was a little bit slower mm -hmm. but it was still good yeah yeah, 
I had a couple that stung me during August. Um, but you're you're gonna have those for sure. It is it is a thing though where not to cop out, but if peep, I didn't have one sting where I had complete control over the where the trip happened. Mm-hmm. If right. I if I had complete control about where the trip happened, um, those ones worked out okay the the whole summer. But if I was on a lake that was kind of forced a little bit for for good reasons, you know, I don't I don't blame people for wanting to do that. Those were the ones that bit me. Right. And uh, part of that is because we just had we had one re- one really stellar small lake going good. And then, um, like one that I, another one that I feel real comfortable midsummer scratching out like a pretty decent day with quality fish, you know, maybe not a lot, but they're going to be yep. good bites. Um, and, and largely big minnow fish that is super fun, you know, so you don't need a lot of bites to be like, wow, that was pretty great for, right. for August 10th. And those fish, they, they either mark really good and you catch them or you don't see yep. any at all. Yep. So yeah, it's kind of live or die. Yep. And we didn't even go to our to the other lake. I went there earlier in the summer and it kind of, or in the spring and it kind of saved me. Mm-hmm. But one that we had leaned on pretty heavily in the past, we hadn't even went to yep. because it's just far away. Yeah. Um. And then, like, you also, like, if you're talking about moving from, like, the middle of August into the second half of August, the smallmouth biting, (laughs) they just start biting like crazy, and there, a lot of our lakes have really quality smallmouth that you can catch if you're a dumb walleye angler. For sure. Um, Which just... It's got to drive Andrew just kind of nuts, though. You think that time of year is, like, where It's, Yeah. Because sure he's we, always competing, he's going to be competing against walleye boats who are pulling creek chubs, night crawlers, yeah. and leeches. Right, right. But there's like six boats out there ever. <laughs> so maybe yeah. it's not that big of a deal to him. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Andy out there yesterday. There were Was the, he catching them? I assume so, but I just always assume Andy's catching them. He was, he was really concerned that his boat was frozen to his bunks and he wasn't going to get it on. I was concerned too yesterday putting it in. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure our southern listeners never have worried about that ever. <laughs> it's not a fun problem. I've never had it happen to my boat. I've observed it on the rainy river. On the rainy river and it does not look fun. It doesn't look good for your trailer, doesn't look good for your boat mm-hmm. and it really doesn't look good for your back. <laughs> and no thanks. Yeah. Um but yeah, the smallmouth start overlapping with our walleye spots, and then it's it's a real interesting like progression where like lots and lots of smallmouth with a couple walleyes, and then it kind of evens out half and half walleye smallmouth, and then less smallmouth more walleyes, and then from it just continues with the more walleyes. Right. Um. On on three or four of the lakes we fish. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there, you touched on this a long time ago, and I believe Holmgren is the one who actually brought it up. Is smallmouth are the best bonus fish? Absolutely. Anytime you can set the hook out of in like twenty four feet of water, and the sucker comes screaming up to jump. Yeah, that's Pretty a good fun. time. Pretty fun. Yep. 
I've started to warn people that the the a smallmouth is the hardest fish to net, especially with a Lindy rig. Very challenging. Like I'm gonna need a couple tries. <laughs> I'm pretty quick, but I'm not smallmouth quick. <laughs> And then uh, the end of August, like if we're moving into the end of August, pretty great around here. And that's been true for me for a couple years now. I two think to three. Two to three. And I like to, I'll maybe take a little credit for us on making that happen. Like, I don't think it's all about conditions. I think you and I are just quite a bit better on our local lakes here. Not necessarily leech. I think all of our midsummer patterns just kind of, like, they'll have glimmers in, there'll be one in July. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be one that starts, you know, the middle of August. But by the end of August, they've all got fish on them. And you can't just grind one spot out and expect you to catch 12, 14 walleyes with one exception. But if you combine them all, you can put together a 15 fish day and... One of us is bound to do it. Mm -hmm. And we have one of them a season or two of them a season where we're not supposed to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Things are, we have a great idea by that time because the midsummer like habitat patterns hang true for a long time. And then we have like a great idea come the end of August where there are lots of pods of fish, right? Because we're working off of a month of information of Between the two of us. Yeah of fish doing the same thing, like these same haunts that they're hanging out in. And then they're just getting a little bit more likely to bite. And we've got a laundry list of places we can check for them. And if we put together like the right run, um, and make the right decisions during the day, that that's how it leads to a 15 or 20 fish day in August. And the schools were gigantic. Yeah. We, we were over a lot of fish. We were feeding the birds good. That is the best thing ever. Feed the birds. Feed the birds. Hashtag feed the birds. When your hummingbird gets real hungry, you gotta go mark some walleyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were over a lot of fish this year. I feel thankful that we have that many that we can try to catch. Um, One of the best summers ever. Yeah. Just keep getting, I hope we just... I think it's an attitude thing, though. Let's not end up the old dudes who say, Well, you should have seen the summer of 2020. <laughs> every year, you're going to have to do something a little different, and then every year will be great. Yes. <laughs> no, the health of our fisheries, as long as they continue to be as strong as they are, or remotely as strong as they are, we're going to continue this trend. Yeah. And we'll see peaks and valleys based on the lakes we fish, you know, the, the lake X that we've mentioned quite a few times that it won't always be that way in three years. It probably won't be that way. Right. But then Lake Y hopefully will be right. And the great thing about, um, having, we have a lot of lakes to fish and we have, you and I are on them a lot, which is a, I think a good business model, super, super fun guide business model in my opinion i would have a hard time putting in at city park every day i don't know how steve does it i i don't know how he does it how big is steve 
so big. <laughs> I don't even know if he listens to it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate being able to uh, jump around. Yeah, it's it's one of the truly one of the biggest tools in our tool bag. Yeah, that we're not stuck. Like Crone, I mean, he's a great angler, but he is stuck. Yep. Yeah, he's guiding Woman Lake. And I mean, hats off to the dude for doing that. Yeah. For being able to do that. Uh, but I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be able to fish all of the wet acres in the in the area. What lake is that? Wet acres? Yeah. I feel like it'd be a good development. Right. right. But you could get some good looking housewives to live in. <laughs> Or some gardeners, anyway. <laughs> oh, it'd be great for my great beans. <laughs> These wet acres. Uh, turns into green acres. Um, what else? What else? I don't know, Dan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else. Um, well, let's just like do a quick fall recap because we're we're there. We had. Um, MWC, we had some some decent fishing leading up to it, and then M, the Cast Lake MW, MWC was It was like, almost like the start to fall. Yeah, for sure. Great fall fishing for us, and it was the weather was super nice. So what happened is we had a real big cool down right after Labor Day, right around Labor Day. Remember? It got the water temp down yep. to like 60 degrees, mm-hmm. right? And then it just like, then stayed the weather got super nice, so the, weather, or the water stayed at around 60 and cool nights and warmer days. Mm-hmm. Really good, really nice fishing weather. Now, where we were, like, in the summertime where we were kind of taking credit for being just, you know, figuring out the program, I would do the opposite thing here where the weather is the reason we caught fish. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a, a pretty nice fall because of conditions, I'd right. say. They bit a jig and a minnow. Like, as soon as we could get on Leech Lake after the MWC, they were biting a jig and a minnow. Right. And uh, pretty, pretty well. And they stayed that way until we we had to give up on them, which was yes. four days ago. Yeah, yesterday was the last day you fished. Yeah, I was on Woman yesterday. I was My last day on Leech was Friday. Is that right? Yeah, yep, because I was on Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But between those time periods, I would say probably just as many walleyes were caught in our boats as were in the springtime, in the same time frame. If not more. I'd say more. Which is pretty uncommon for a fall bite. Mm-hmm. Usually it's more quality mm-hmm. than quantity. And but sure. we had a lot of both this year. Yeah. <clears throat> And actually making me, it's making me think about how, like, we're bumming a little bit by the cold temps now. Because you can get some decent fishing to the end of October on certain years. But the quality of, of, of good fishing we had for, for a month is, was, was the best fall ever. Best fall ever. I would we say said, so. so uh, largely, a large portion of the walleyes that we were able to catch uh, were because you found new areas. 
near an area that we fished like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Was it four or four years ago? Yeah, it might have been four now. Three yeah. or four. Anyway, um, so something that we fished a long time, or quite a few years ago, a number of years ago, that kind of saved that fall, mm-hmm. right? Um, an area near, areas near there that you had found because of your imaging kind of saved this fall too. And well, it improved it from being a really good fall to being the best fall ever. Yeah. And the nice thing about that is that, um, we didn't have to fish in crowds, which it was a, it was a a crowded fall. Right. And there were fish biting where the crowds were, but we didn't have to do that because we had some fish off the beaten path a little bit, which was a night, a real nice thing. I, I, Maybe that's like overly selfish as a guide, but I don't think so. I don't. I don't think my customers enjoy fishing in the crowds either. Right. They, especially like, I'm gonna hire a professional to take me to catch some walleyes. Oh, there's hire a guide to go people. to the annex. Right. I could do this myself. Right. So it's it is pretty nice to to have some of those. And I bet if you talk to some real experienced guides, they would they would say the same thing. Like. Eventually, you're going to work your way into a, a like career trajectory where not only are you looking to find walleyes, you're looking to find walleyes that a hundred other people don't know about. Because that's an ex- that's a really enjoyable experience for people to have. It's enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. Because um, think of the think of the typical fall spots on the east side. I I fished them like four times. Ginzers, Battle, Sugar, Five I, Mile. Yeah, I well more than that. I fished them more than that, but uh, not that not as much as I used to. It used that's to be the all. milk run. That's all you fish. Yep, that's all you had. Right now we've got some more. And that's just I think that's just years of working together. Yeah, you know now I would we agree. I mean, it took the two of us to find the one spot. Right. Um, and then it took. Really, it took, like, Grandpa Newer to find the, it, the one spot. Right. Right? And then you and I just out there having a good old time one day. And On a the, terrible fall. Yeah. You were the one who brought it up. You're like, oh, Grandpa Newer used to catch me here ice fishing. Turns out, it's a good spot. It's a real good spot. It's a real good spot. <laughs> but it's, uh, we're very fortunate to have um, the teamwork, you know, of you, me, and George. George, you and I, pardon me, but it's a, it's a good, it's a good group we've got. Yeah. And I, I can't see it going away. No, I think it's, it's a a pretty, and I would suggest that to other folks. If you're like people listening to, like you're, you're kind of part of the tribe, right? For sure. Um, if you're, even if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, if you're listening to the podcast, what the hell is walleye bar? (laughs) Where the hell is that? <laughs> Second gotta, base? Gotta be near Bina. Are those guys, are those guys playing baseball again? <laughs> Second base? Where the hell is that? Uh, 2.0. Oh. <laughs> but are they working on computers now? <laughs> I just think if you're, if you're part of the tribe, you should have, you should have a counterpart. Cause it it'll make you a lot better. Um, find find a find a little community of people who um, you can contribute to, right? Like you're you're contributing some solid information, 
and then they're doing the same thing. They're returning but the favor. Not all. You've got to make sure it's the right partner. Do Dan, what's the thing that you were talking about? The puppies and the baby thing? For the tournament partners? Oh. Do a similar thing with the puppies and the babies. Yeah. What was that? Um, you got to feed the dogs with baby. No, 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 no that wasn't Puppies it. and beer. Oh, yeah, there you go. Beer. That's it. Would you drink three beers with this person? Yeah. And would you have this person watch your puppy? And there are yes, yeses, there are yes, noes, and there are no, noes. You want to be real close to there with this. Honestly, I'd rather fish a tournament with a yes, no, than I would share all of my fishing information with. Probably don't want somebody you'll drink three, well, you don't want somebody who could drink three beers with lots of people. Because the yeah. more alcohol is involved, the that's looser... That's a good point. You know, you right. want to make sure that they can be tight-lipped. Mm-hmm. Walleye bar is in Wabus Bay. That's a bold face lie, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Walker, idiot. <laughs> it's a long drive over, but it's worth it. Worth it. Um, I don't think we're going to... Well, I had, I had two of the post-peak days of fishing that we were talking about i had one great day of during the fins and feathers the first day was great jig and minnow leech lake at its best walleye fishing um get her done get her up yep and then day two was like colder um and for sure like dealing with some cold fish and i thought probably in like in hindsight uh just even though the schools are big they like that school our big school got beat up we beat up on it like quite a bit, and I do that, and I don't feel bad about it at all on Leech Lake because there's a bunch of them out mm-hmm. there. Um, but those fish were beat up and felt that way, and then I found a, a a new pod of fish that was doing the same thing, and they were super cooperative. They they bit pretty good, so it wasn't all like fall fishing, like late fall cold water that stuff. It was the fact that I'd been. Whooping up. up. Yeah, I've been beaten up on Well, them. we, yeah, I was the, I mean, I spent my fair share there too. Right, and so did George. So, nice. like, they were getting beat up on, and then I found some fresh ones, and they bit right away. So, um, and then yesterday, my last trip, uh, was with Jens Kotke, a guy who listens to the podcast, has provided some pretty unique opportunities for, Absolutely. for our crew. Like, you and George got to be part of a movie filming operation, um, and uh I, first one I had clothes on. <laughs> Surprise. And uh that was a that was a late fall trip and they bit just fine. But they were cold. So were we. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's overall 2020. Would you say it's as good, not as good or better than 2019? I think better. My ride, dude. God dang. Think and find him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say it's better, too. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the fall MWC that I did in 2019, but right. the midsummer made up for the poor spring, and the fall sure kicked ass. Yeah. It was good stuff, man. It all ebbs and flows. It all balances out. Yeah. But side image caught us a bunch of fish this year, mm-hmm. where we were kind of snobbing it, you know, the last couple seasons mm-hmm. without having it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we, I, I mean, I understand the value of it now. Oh, God, I looked at a school of, like, 500 suckers yesterday. Really? Just crazy amount of suckers. I saw Did you know the, they I were saw, suckers? Well, just from, from The history. sheer volume? Yeah. Yeah, the sheer volume in history. And then I saw Luna, and it had, like, a 14-inch sucker in its mouth. On the side image? No, I, like, with my eyeballs, I saw a loon with 14-inch seconds. Well, yeah, with your eyeballs on the side of it. <laughs> That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. Crazy amounts of them. Huh. Yeah. I also, it was an interesting time to, like, come to this revelation. I haven't really trusted my side image much on, uh, like, a real soft bottom in mid-depths, you know, 20 to 30 feet. I don't... I don't really use that as a tool. I, I, yeah, but when there's five hundred of them, you can definitely tell they're down there, and they mark <laughs> and they mark real good. Really? Yeah. So I'm I'm sure that the walleyes mark good too, and I may be missing them because uh, I'm not looking at that screen very often on the soft bottom. But twenty twenty one, we'll talk about that. I guess soft bottom side image. What else? Um. Thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah. Um, for making twenty twenty a great season. We busted We've... the hundred thousand listen yeah. mark this season. Haven't listened or haven't looked lately, but I we're way past it by now. So thank you for the the commitment that you guys have made to us. Um, for... all of you who have reached out. We've gotten lots of messages, lots of questions. Um and that's great. From all over the place, I just mailed some shirts to a listener in Montana, which I thought was pretty cool. That's really cool. Shipping is expensive to Montana, though. <laughs> it's way up high. <laughs> um, it probably wouldn't cost much, except for the elevation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chuck gets winded. Yeah. The UPS the Flatland guy. to flatland. Super cheap. The UPS guy who delivers to our place, when he goes to Montana, <laughs> he gets pretty winded. <laughs> So he charges a little extra. Oh. Um, we fished with a lot of y'all. I mean, not compared to, don't get mad about y'all, a lot of you people. Uh, but man, a lot of folks that have listened to the podcast have become customers, which is super great. Um, it's not, that wasn't like why we started it, but it, it's real nice to, it's a nice uh, byproduct of the, of the show. Absolutely. And what's great about, having people in the boat who've listened to the podcast is it's almost like you get in the boat with somebody who knows you, Mm -hmm. you know, knows your personality, knows, you know, some of your tendencies, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool for sure. Real. Yeah. Real good thing. I think because they're, they're not just picking a, a, a business card up and hoping the guy knows what he's doing. Right. Um, they have listened to the podcast and know that sometimes we know what we're doing, sometimes we don't. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, we're still two dumb fish from yep. Which is cool. Um, Should say, uh, we haven't been doing ads this episode just because um, we're just trying to do a legit... End of season. End of season recap. Um, but we've had some, some sponsors that have helped us. Portadoc being the first... Eric Hendricks, thank you, buddy. We really appreciate it. Hope uh, he's hope probably sitting in the deer stand today. Be a good day to be out there. Um, Woman Lake Lodge joined our team this year. Super happy to have them. 
I've had a lot of people Super out of Woman Lake Lodge. Super happy to have their donuts. Yep, their donuts are great. My dad got mad at me because I brought him a bag of donuts, and then he bought like 400 of their donuts and blamed me for it. Um, <laughs> our two, in a town of 156, we have two great bait shops. Uh, the one stop in Longville, Full Stringer Bait and Tackle. Absolutely great bait and tackle options for a community of if this If you size. can't find it at those stores... Do you really need it? You probably don't. You don't really need you it. You probably don't. Yeah. It's a good combo. Um, what else do we got? Muskie House Marine. Obviously, like, both of us have benefited a lot from having a warrior dealer real close and by. The, and the wealth of knowledge that comes with that dealership is, mm-hmm. is more valuable than anything that we can For sure. put a dollar yep. amount on. From, from Jack and Tony, who know the boat's... Like, they know the product so well. Um, and then Nick, Nick for Riggin. Yep. And the mechanic side, yeah. mechanical side of things. Yeah, Ted Raines is like, he knows his stuff too. Like, there, there's not like a weak link in the team over there, which is which is awfully nice. And then, yeah, you just got to know which one you got to talk to to solve your problem. Right. And they, they know. You know, like, Jack would be like, go talk to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start asking him a question. He's like, "That's not a that's not a Jack question. That's a Nick question." <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Big thanks to Sugar Point Resort. I can't believe I did it last week, but I I totally forgot to thank Sugar Point Resort for hosting another yet another Will Newer debacle in the in the walleye bonanza. <laughs> thanks for putting up with my garbage. Um, thanks for all the support. And trips this season, um, I, can't, I I'm very happy to call you guys my friends. Yeah, thanks again. Great, great family run resort, and obviously, like we don't want to miss them. Uh, Pikedale Lodge, we we launch out of Pikedale. We call Pikedale our home a lot. We eat a lot of Pikedale burgers. The burgers. Those are those are that's our that's our tribe as well. I ate an embarrassing amount of Pikedale <laughs> meals this year. Yeah. And like not hanging out at the bar like, I'm starving, I need to eat. Can we get one while I'm cleaning fish? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, Pike Deal Lodge has been great for the podcast, been great for our business. Um, and there's lots of great options out here, you know, like they're, they're, if whichever lake you want to look at, there's going to be a good resort option for you. And they all do a great job. In Longville, Con Longville, your hub, uh, is, is a good way to do it because you're going to be able to get everything you need uh, in a pretty small community without dealing with the, the is bigger... Pike, is Pikedale going to do another ice road this year? I think they are doing an ice road. Yep. Um, they're, they're hoping for a little bit better winter than we had last year. It's and... a good start. <laughs> yeah. At least when it's snowing, it's still water. That's right. a good start. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to have early ice this year. And if you're looking for... An untapped part of Leech Lake, Pikedale Lodge is going to have a road, and they'll have a, a um, they've winterized their fish cleaning shack. Oh. I haven't haven't uh, talked with them about it, but they they've insulated their their fish cleaning shack. I think they're trying to make that place available even during the winter months as Sweet. a place to, to clean fish. So boy, wouldn't that be nice? Would be nice. Got a when you're frozen, frozen solid. So one time, it was me, Mark, and my buddy Joseph. 
we went out to Devil's Lake, and we caught a bunch of fish out on Devil's. Mm-hmm. And Joel lives an hour, lived an hour and ten minutes from Devil's Lake. So we let him freeze, and we left him in his garage. And then we went fishing the next day, and we caught a bunch of fish, <laughs> and we let him freeze. And then on the third day, we were like, okay, we got to clean all these fish. So we put them all in Joe's bathtub. <laughs> and then freaking Mark jumped into the bathtub <laughs> with, I don't know, 60 frozen fish. There's 80 frozen fish in there. <laughs> yeah, don't let your fish freeze. It's a terrible experience. <laughs> big shout out to the Algers. Um, they're a big supporter of the of Wally Talk. And those guys pounded fish over the weekend. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They they live on a or they've got a place on Lake uh, South of Longville quite a ways. Um, pounded on walleyes and smallmouth. And you know what they did? Is they caught eight like fish that they couldn't distinguish. They thought they were dogfish. Well, they caught the most delicious fish in the in the waters. <laughs> they caught like eight eel pout, and they threw them all back. Oh, I was God. like, Mon Newer is having a conniption right now. All she wants is, you know, a meal of burbot, and you guys are just tossing them back all willy-nilly like it's no big deal. All right? Don't let Ma Noor get a hold of you. All right? Don't go anywhere near Jerry's for, like, weeks here until I can get my hands on one, or Ma Noor is going to freak out on you. She brings a wooden spoon with her. To the bar. Yeah, just to whoop some ass. Just in case. We have no no plan for the off season yet. It'll, it'll we'll put be, some out sometime. Be, yeah, it'll be what it'll be. You'll hear from us before the spring, um, but we've got no intention of of stopping. We'll hope to run the same type of program, maybe with some even better microphones in twenty twenty one. But as you always say, we're just two dumb fishermen. We're just at the dumb. end of the day, two dumb fishermen. Well, that's uh. That's a wrap. That's it. We're here for a good time. Not for a long time. This is While I Talk, I'm Dan. I'm Will. We'll see you sometime soon. Next season. Get out of the way, Sonny. God. <laughs>